Good morning. My name is Jana Sharp, and I serve in our kids' ministry. Uh, today we're starting a new series on the book of Colossians, and our scripture reading for today is from Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing through the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. That's Colossians 1, 1 through 6. Hey, good morning. You guys doing well today? That's good to hear. It's good to hear. Hey, I am Jeff Surratt. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Front Range. It is my incredible honor to be with you today. Now, uh, last night I was uh, scrolling through Twitter and I saw that Pastor Rick Warren, the pastor of Saddleback Church, um, they're having service outside out in California, and his wife tweeted that uh, tweeted a picture of Pastor Rick and uh, said that for the first time in 41 and a half years, he was wearing shorts while he was preaching. And so I was inspired. I thought, I am going to wear shorts tomorrow while I preach. But then I thought, you would be so stunned and afraid of the just glow coming off of my pale white legs that perhaps that would not be a good idea. It might ruin your man day. It might ruin your week. So we're going to go without the not doing the shorts today. We are glad you're here. If this is the first Sunday that you have ever been here in your whole life, first of all, we usually do all the music that we were planned. We very seldom just stop. But today something broke, and so we're here. Um, also, the reason we do what we do is we want to help you build community. We want to help you discover your purpose. We want to help you grow in your faith. And so that's, that's the whole point of what we do today, what we're going to talk about now. Now, as I said, today I, is Father's Day. I want to say Happy Father's Day to all of you, but at Front Range, we always expand it. We don't just do Mother's Day. We do, uh, 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 what is it called? Women's Day. Lady Day, that's it. Today is Man Day. So if you are a man of any age, type, shape, Happy Man Day. We're so glad you're here. As Brandon said, be sure to get some donuts and some bacon on your way out. There's a golf game out there. There's some, uh, there's some uh, cornhole that you can play. Uh, the guys at the table, they also have some cool events coming up just for men that you can check out. The surprise that Brandon is holding from you, I'm going to give away. So the raffle tick you got, ticket you got is... This is the best thing I've ever seen given away at a church. I am so upset. I cannot win because I am staff here at the church. We're giving away. What you saw in the video, uh, there's a company that owns a bunch of Ferraris, Maseratis, Lamborghinis, BMWs, and we're giving you away a driving experience that you get to drive one of those cars through the mountains. Uh, I want to win so bad. <laughs> so it's totally cool if you win and give it to me. That would be awesome. 
but we're going to do that at the end. And because it's band day, because we're given that driving experience, I thought we'd kick off today talking about Formula One, Formula One racing. Now, I'm going to be honest. I have just recently, very recently gotten into it. I got into it because I started watching the Netflix series called Formula One. Now, I am not recommending you watch that series. Please do not go watch that series. It has perhaps the worst language of any series ever. However, the cars are so cool. It's amazing. And then the, the, the strategy that goes into Formula One and then just the personality of everybody on the teams is just fascinating to me. So a couple of weeks ago, they were racing in Azerbaijan. And so I uh, recorded, the, recorded the, the, the race because it happened in the middle of the night. After church on Sunday, I went home and I watched the race. And it was interesting. It wasn't interesting. It was boring. Like a whole race. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. The guy who was leading, uh, Max Van Strappen, he is leading the whole points race. He's the young, hot racer. Everybody knew he'd probably win. But two laps to go. A tire blows out. He wrecks his car. He's fine. But they have to bring all the cars in. They check their tires. And then in Formula One, they start from a dead start. Okay? And Lewis Hamilton now, who was running second, he's second in the standings this year. But he's the seven-time world champion. He's won four straight world champions in a, championships in a row. Probably the greatest race car driver, definitely of his generation, maybe of all time. He is now in the pole position. Max Van Strappen is out. He's in the pole position. All he has to do is take off on this, on this restart and maintain his front position, and he's going to win the race. But I think we have a picture of what happens. And I don't know if you can tell from this picture, but everybody takes off. Everybody goes to turn left except Lewis Hamilton, the greatest driver in the world, goes straight. The announcers are going, where's he going? What's he doing? And he slams head on into a wall. He's okay, but he loses the race. He does hundreds of thousands of dollars, perhaps a million dollars worth of damage to that car, devastating to his team, and they figure out right away what happened. When the race started, restarted, he panicked a little bit. He hit the wrong switch. He turned off the rear brakes of his car. Turns out a car going 200 miles an hour cannot turn left without the rear brakes. And it's all his fault. He wrecked the car. So why are we talking about that? Because I like Formula One. No, that's not why. Because men, I want to tell you something that you may not believe, but I believe it's true. For almost every man who is here, you are the Lewis Hamilton of your family. And what I mean about that is you are the world's greatest. You are the greatest husband your spouse has. You are the greatest uh, father that your children have. In fact, you're one of the greatest sons that your parents have ever had. Every one of you as a man in some ways is the Lewis Hamilton of your family. And here's what we know from statistics. We know that when a man does well in life, when a man masters the basics of being a man and then executes well, it is often incredibly good for the family. What I mean by that, when a man loves his wife and loves her in an incredible way, when a man is a great example for his kids, kids, it, uh, it has a positive impact. When, when a man demonstrates what it is to be a man of God, the results are positive. Now, women, I'm not downplaying your role. In fact, I told somebody before church today, Father's Day is kind of the participation trophy of parenting, right? Because in some ways, dads just show up and we get, a, we get an award. But the man has an incredible impact 
on his family. The opposite is also true. When a man messes up on the basics of life, when he, when he doesn't love his wife well, when he's not a great example for his kids, when he doesn't demonstrate what it be, means to be a man of God, it messes up his family. It is, has a devastating impact on the people around him. So today we're going to focus on the basics of, of being a man. The basics of getting being a man right. Now, we're not talking about how to hit a great golf shot. We're, we're not talking about how to close a deal. We're not talking about how to grill a perfect steak. Those are all fine. But we're going to talk about what are the basics of being a great man. And we're going to dive into the book of Colossians. In fact, this kicks off a series we're doing on the book of Colossians. And this series is not just for men. In fact, this message today is not just for men. It's applicable to anybody. But because it's man day, I apologize, women, but I'm going to lean in and talk to guys. And then you can apply it. In fact, it's legal today to use the elbow if you're sitting next to a guy. If you want to grab, if you have little men in your house, if you want to grab them afterwards and bring the dad in and have him go over these facts with the little guy. Guys, that's cool. However you want to use it is fine. But we're going to talk a little bit about, about men. We're going to talk about the book of Colossians. And it's written by a guy named Paul. Paul wrote, in fact, eventually half the New Testament. Paul was a guy who knew what it was to get this wrong, to get the basics of what it means to be a great man wrong. In fact, the first half of his life, he thought he was doing a great job. He thought he was, he was doing a good job as a man of God, as, a, as an example to others. And he comes to a point in his life on the road to Damascus, where God literally speaks out loud to him, knocks him to the ground, blinds him, and basically says, his name then is Saul, says, Saul, you're doing it wrong, man. You have got it all messed up. And he gets up, and he, he, he begins to figure it out. He begins to figure out what he's been doing wrong and what he needs to do right. And he really spends the rest of his life helping other people, other men and women, but other men, figuring out these basics of what it means to be a good man and how to do it right. And he, the things he writes, the letters he writes, almost all of them are, when you boil it down, are down to here's the basics that you need to know, you need to understand, you need to live them out in your life. If you'll do these things, you can be a good man, you can be a good woman, and you can live a great life. And so that's what he talks about. So that's why we're going to look at the book of Colossians. It's one of the letters that he wrote. And in this letter, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, Colossae. Colossae uh, was a, a kind of a mid-sized city in Paul's day. It was on a major trade route. It, where it was... Um, it's actually, it's not a city now, there's nothing there, but where, where it was located is in Turkey, modern-day Turkey. It's, it's near the ocean, of, of, it had a port at that time. Because it was on a trade route, it was an important city. Interesting, kind of trivia, but in AD 18, it was hit by an earthquake. And then a few years after Paul wrote this letter, in the AD 60, AD 62, sometime like that, it was hit by another earthquake. In fact, by the uh, year 400 AD, it no longer existed, okay? But at Paul, in Paul's day, it was a pretty significant city, um, and it was made up, of, there were a lot of Greeks that lived there, a lot of Romans that lived there, and there were a few, uh, a few Jews, not very many, but a few Jews. And unlike most of the other um, churches that Paul wrote letters to, Paul never went to Colossae, as far as we know. He didn't start the church. It was started, um, uh, uh, Jana read the scripture before, the first few verses of Colossae, and he mentioned Epaphras. Epaphras is actually the guy who started the church. And then after he starts the church, Paul is in jail. And so Epaphras comes from Colossae and comes to Paul, and he tells him about this church that he started. And he says, 
Things are going really, really well. I mean, people loved hearing about Jesus, and, and they came to Christ, and they, they, they committed their lives, and we started this little church, and they started meeting in homes, and really good stuff's happening. But he says, that I, I'm worried about them because they're, they're starting to get off a little bit in their, what we call theology, and what they believe about God. In fact, what's happening, we can tell by the letter, is they're taking the things that Epaphras told them about Jesus, and what they read maybe in other letters Paul had written, but they're taking that, and then they're mixing in a little bit of local culture. There's a, there was a cult there that worshiped angels. They're mixing a little bit of that in. They're mixing a little Greek mythology, and then a little bit of a Roman Caesar worship in, and, and there's a little bit, there's, there's something called Gnosticism going on. They're mi- mixing in a little bit of that. I kind of call it, it's kind of like the you remember the song Mambo Number no. 5? It's kind of like the Mambo Number no. 5 of religion. Uh, a little bit of Jesus in my life, a little bit of Judaism by my side, a little bit of mysticism is all I need, a little bit of Gnosticism is what I see. I thought that was cute. I still think it's cute. <laughs> Here's the interesting thing. It, it, this still goes on today. The funny thing is, is a lot of people maybe even some of us here, in fact, probably some of us here, tend to mix in other beliefs and other religions and other things we read and hear into Christianity. And many times, it's, we don't even realize it. We don't even know what we're doing. I hear it and see it on social media and statements, statements like, you know what, your truth and my truth are equal. Like, my truth is as good as your truth, as though there are multiple truths. Another is an idea that's been around a long time. It takes on different forms, but the idea of there are a lot of ways to get to God. Christianity is a good way. Uh, Hinduism may be a way. Buddhism may be a way. Uh, Islam, but we're all kind of going toward the same God, and, and, and that is kind of put together as our belief system. One that's popular right now is the idea of, you know what, God is love, and as long as I'm loving then it's all good. So it's just about loving everybody wherever they're at, whoever they are, and that's what it, it all is. And the interesting thing about each one of those statements is there's truth in them, and there is some piece of Christian truth in them. And yet it's exactly what Paul was dealing with where we've taken unknowingly pieces of other beliefs and religions and we've mixed it all, to, all together. The word for that is syncretism. And Paul writes the uh, book of Colossians to say, guys, we got to figure this out. We, gotta, we, we, we can't do that. And the reason Paul does this, the reason Paul takes this so seriously, is it's way worse than turning your brakes off when you're driving at 200 miles an hour. Paul knows that if, if we don't figure out these basics, if we don't get them right, if we don't stop mixing in other things, it's going to be disastrous, not just for us, but as I'm saying, on Monday, it could be disastrous for our marriage, for our family, for our community, for where we work. And so Paul starts with the basics that we need to know. And in Colossians 1, 9 through 14, he answers three questions about the basics. And that's what we're going to talk about just for a minute um, is, number one, how do I learn the basics Paul talks about? Second thing is, why should I learn the basics? And then the third thing, what are the basics? Like, what are we talking about? Okay, so first question how do I know, how do I learn the basics? Paul says this in Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. In that verse, I'm going to break it down a little bit, Paul kind of gives us two ways that we learn about the basics. The first thing he says is we we learn the basics through knowledge of God's will. Knowledge of God's will. 
What, how, what, what is God's will? I hear that question probably more than any other question. I've been in ministry for almost 40 years. And over 40 years, I've heard that question. I sat down with um, a couple of guys over the last two weeks for coffee. And each one of them in their own way was asking that question. What is God's will? And God's will basically comes down to two things. The first thing is, um, where is God at work in the world? Okay, what's God doing? And the second question is, how can I get involved? What's God doing? What's he doing in the world? Where's he at work? How can I get involved? And how do we get the answer to those questions? If this isn't going to be revolutionary. It's not rocket science. If you've been around church, you can answer the question before I do. But God wrote down almost everything he wants us to know. He inspired men to write books and left them in something we call the Bible. And as we know more and more and more about the Bible, we know more and more about God's will. And by knowing that, we can get the basics right. It's like anything in life. If, if I want to get in shape, right, I have to go lift weights. Like, I can't have somebody else lift them for me. I can't just watch it on Netflix. I can't go to a uh, place on Sunday and have somebody talk to me about lifting weights and I get in shape. If I want to be a better golfer, I have to go to the driving range. I have to hit the golf balls. I can't go out there and have some expert show me all day long how to hit golf balls, and then I go home and say I'm a better golfer. The same thing's true with getting the basics right, guys. I know that saying reading the Bible is not revolutionary, but what's amazing to me is for myself as well, how often we go, yeah, yeah, well, I know, I should read the Bible, and then, and then we don't do it. Or if we do it, it's like we're just skimming it. It's like we go out to the golf range, we hit three or four balls. That was pretty good. I'm good. No, you're not. You're terrible, okay? You have to actually get in. You have to try. You have to practice. You have to go beyond just kind of skimming through. Here's my challenge to you, okay? I think that if you're really going to be a man and you're going to do well at it, you're going to take this seriously. And my challenge is, why not start with Colossians? Colossians is an easy read, 15 minutes, 15 minutes cover to cover. And that'll get you the basics. There's not just skim it. But here's what I'm challenging you to do, is dig into it. Over the next few weeks, while we're reading Colossians, dig into it. Don't just skim it. Don't just read a, a verse here or two. In fact, um, years ago, I got an opportunity to meet a guy named Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson worked for Apple. Before that, he worked for Target. And Ron Johnson is the man who created all the Apple stores. So he, he answered directly to Steve Jobs. He and Steve together came up with a concept of what the Apple stores would be. And then Ron Johnson's the one who launched them and implemented them. Incredibly successful. I got a chance to have breakfast with, with Ron one-on-one. And he said, he, he's also a committed believer. And he said this, I thought this was interesting. He said, Steve Jobs is the smartest person I've ever been in a room with. Like he is unbelievably smart. He said, but I told him, Steve, if you have never read the Bible cover to cover and wrestled with its implications, you're not as sharp as I think you are. And I would say that of you. I would say if you've never read the Bible cover to cover and wrestled with its implications, if you've never dug deep into the word, if you don't spend time digging in, I just have to wonder how good you're doing at this thing being a man. Like, if you don't have, here, here's what I'm going to, I'm just challenging you. If, you. if you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. 
If you need a Bible, ask us. We'll get you one. No problem. No cost. We'll get you a Bible. If you've got, if you've got a smartphone, you've got a Bible, you can download it for free, the Bible app. But I'm challenging you to go beyond that. I'm challenging you to go to Amazon, type in Study Bible or Men's Study Bible. If you don't have one of those, order it. You have to get off your wallet. It could cost you 40, 50 bucks. I'm just being straight up here. What else would you spend 40, 50 bucks on? Oh, a round of golf, you know. Uh, five trips to Starbucks. I'm saying, I, 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 I'm saying, let's get in. Let's not just read. Let's not just go, yeah, I know I need to read the Bible. If we want to be serious about being the best man, the best husband, the best dad, how about we dive in, get deep, wrestle with the Word of God? That's what Paul says, to know God's will. The second thing that Paul says, the key to learning the basics in this verse, in this verse 9, he says, is wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. How do we get wisdom and, the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives? How do we get something from the Holy Spirit? This is not a trick question. We pray. We pray. Sorry, I, I struggled for weeks with this message, thinking I got to get beyond just we read the Bible and pray. And I kept coming back to go, and if we don't get better at this as men, we're not going to get better as men. We have to wrestle with this, get deep into the Word. We have to think about prayer. And here's the deal with prayer. We, we have to continue to grow in this area of our lives. Well, what we did yesterday won't help us grow more today. I've been on a, my wife and I have been on a, a health journey for all of 2021 and trying to lose weight, trying to get shaped, doing that kind of stuff. And I came to a realization a couple of weeks ago, I've been doing the treadmill every morning. And every morning I do about the same thing on the treadmill. And my weight loss stopped and I, I wasn't getting anywhere, I wasn't moving forward, and I came to this realization, the thing that got me here won't get me there. I'm going to have to go faster. I'm going to have to go further. I'm going to have to try harder if I want to continue on this health journey. The same thing is true of following Jesus. Now, listen to me. Becoming a Christian is not about effort. Becoming a Christian is accepting the free offer of grace that Jesus died for us on the cross, and all we do is say, Thank you. Forgive my past. I want to follow you in my future. And God adopts us into his family. That's free. No effort. Growing in our faith. Becoming the man that God created us to be. That requires effort. That means I got to dive into the word. If I pray, if I don't pray at all, that's cool. This isn't our condemnation. If you haven't prayed in a year, that, I, I'm not here to condemn you. Let's do a little bit of prayer. Let's say maybe, maybe I'm just going to open every morning with, with two minutes of prayer. That's all I'm going to do. Just pray for two minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to read um, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, that's art in heaven. And that's going to be my prayer. That's cool. No problem. If you pray a little bit, pray some more. Like, you know what? I usually set aside about 10 minutes a day just to kind of focus on God and pray. Cool. Let's do 20. You know what? I have a pretty good prayer life. I, I, I pray quite a bit. Great. Let's do more. Let's try praying a couple times a day. Let's put some noon prayer in there. It's not... Gosh, <laughs> this sounds so much like earn God's favor, earn, you know, pray more so God will do more. No, not at all. Not at all. God loves you completely. He couldn't possibly love you more than he does right now. I want to dig into his word. I want to pray more. You know why? Because I want to be a better man. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better grandfather. So that's the next thing we want to get into is why should I know the basics? So how do I know the basics? I dive deep into the Word. I pray. Why should I know the basics? That's the next verse. Verse 10 says this. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord 
and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And if you read through those other verses, there's benefits that are attached to that first phrase. Paul says, why should I know the basics? So that I can live a life worthy of the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I get to the end of life, I want to I know that I didn't waste my one and only life. I want to know that I lived a life worthy of the Lord, that I was a good dad, a good husband, that I grew into who God created me, me to be as a man. It reminds me of a scene from a uh, movie, Saving Private Ryan. And if you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, the movie's like 18 years old. It's too late. I'm going to ruin it for you, but it's your fault. You should have already seen it. But we're going to go to the last scene. The plot of the movie is uh, there's a unit in World War II, and they're assigned to go find this guy, uh, Ryan, Private Ryan, and find him in the battlefield and send him home because all of his other brothers have died uh, in, in battle. And so toward the end of the movie, they find him. They get into a pitched battle with the Germans. Um, everyone, just about everyone in the unit dies except Private Ryan. As the captain of the unit, Tom Hanks plays the captain. As he's dying, he says to Private Ryan, he says, earn this. Earn this. And then we go to the end of the movie. Private Ryan is now an old man, and he goes to visit the captain's grave at the cemetery. Take a look at what happens. with you, I, I wasn't sure how I'd feel coming back here. Every day, I think about what you said to me that day on the bridge. I've tried to live my life the best I could. I hope that was enough. I hope that at least in your eyes, I earned what all of you have done for me. James? Captain John H. Miller.
I think that's every man's desire at the end of life to have someone say, you're a good man. You lived a good life. You were a good husband. You were a good dad. You were a good man. That's why this is so important. That's the way that we can live that life. So last thing, what are these basics that we are talking about? Paul says in verses 13 and 14 of Colossians 1, he says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son. He loves us in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He sums up in that one verse the basics, the basics of the gospel, the things that we need to know. We need to know that God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. That's the first piece of the basics that we have to know. God rescued us from the dominion of darkness. I love what Ephesians 2.12 says. It says, at that time, before Christ, before we knew Jesus, at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners in the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. That's where we all were. Without hope and without God in the world. But he rescued us. The second thing that Paul says of, the, of the, um, the basics we need to know, he brought us into the kingdom of, son, of the Son. When God found me, I was homeless. When God found you, you were spiritually homeless. And he didn't just give you a home. He didn't just give me a home. He put us in the home that he had made for his Son. He rescued us. He brought us in from being homeless. The third thing it says is he redeemed us. This letter redeemed literally means he ransomed us. In other words, we were, we were kidnapped. They were demanding a ransom. God came not because of any good thing I did, not because I was a great man. He came because he loved me. He rescued me. He brought me in. He paid the ransom. He paid the ransom by his own son dying on the cross, the ultimate gift to give away the life of your own son so that I could be saved. And then the last thing that Paul says is he forgave our sin. How could you ever repay someone who comes and rescues you when you're all alone, brings you in when you have no home, gives his son to pay any penalty, any debt that you have? How could you repay that? And God says, no, you don't have to repay anything. I'm writing it all off, debt-free. That's the gospel. That's the basics. When I was without hope, God rescued me. When I was alone, God invited me into his family. When I was in debt, God wiped my slate clean. When I was in sin, God forgave me. So how do we be a good man? We learn the basics. We get serious about the Bible and prayer. We teach the basics to our family. We talk with them. We talk about them with our wife. We don't just go to church and hope that it all absorbs. At dinner, we sit down with our kids and we talk about what it means to be rescued, what it means to be adopted, what it means to be forgiven, what it means to have our debt wiped out, what redemption means. Imagine if your kids could grow up understanding that they've been rescued, that they have been adopted, that they have been redeemed, that they've been forgiven. Imagine if they learned that from you as a dad, as father, as a husband, as a man. That's what God has called us to do, called us to be, so that at the end of the life, our end of life, we can say this with Paul. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, I love this verse, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but 
only one gets the prize. Listen to this. Run in such a way so to get the prize. That's what I want to do. I don't want to get to the end of the life and go, ah, did I, did I mess up? Did I do the right thing? Did I not do the right thing? Did I? I want to run so I can get the prize. I want to know the basics, live the basics, teach the basics. So where are you at today? Like for some, you might say, I'm doing my best. I mean, I make mistakes, but I'm doing my best. Absolutely, man. Nobody's perfect. The Apostle Paul said, hey, when we're signing up for guys who make mistakes, I get to be in the front of the line. I'm the worst. I am the worst. And he wrote the half the Bible. That's cool. We start where we're at. Some of you say, it's too late. Man, I, I've messed this up so bad. I messed it up with my, my family, my kids, my wife. I just messed it up. God said, it's not too late. That's what I do. We start over. We start over. We, we start with the basics. We do it again. We're going to get there. Some of you would say, I've never been on that road. I'm here. My wife wanted me to come. My kids wanted me to come. But that's not my thing. <laughs> what a great way. What a great day on Monday, on Father's Day. To say, you know what? I'm going I'm to take a different swing. I, I, I'm going to find out what it is to follow God. Because when I get to the end, whatever that looks like, I want to be able to say, I made mistakes, I I messed up, but you know what? I did my best. I followed Jesus. I was the best man that I could be. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray with you. Well, oh yeah, have your heads bowed, eyes closed. Those of you who are watching online, if you'll listen to this prayer as well. If you're here today, and this is for man or woman, it doesn't matter. But you would say, you know what? I need to step back in to following Jesus. Maybe you've never followed him. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe you've been following, but it hasn't been a consistent thing. And today you you say, I want to step in with everything I have. I want to step in to reading the Bible and praying and everything it takes just to be a man or a woman who follows after God. If that's you and you just want to make a new commitment today, I want to pray for you. Would you just right where you are, nobody's looking around, in this room, if you just slip up a hand and say, pray for me, I want, I want to make that commitment today. I see that. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Online, you can just type it into the chat. I want to make that commitment. Out in the courtyard, you can just lift your hand up as a, as a commitment. Let me pray. Father, thank you today for your, for your gift, Lord. You rescued us. You adopted us. You sent your son to redeem us and you forgave us. And Lord, we just are so thankful for that. Lord, I pray with those who raise their hand today, Lord, we want to commit our lives again to following you or maybe for the first time. Lord, we want to be the man, the woman that you created us to be. And so Lord, again, today we commit ourselves to whatever it is you're calling us to. Please forgive our past. We want to follow you in our future. Lord, we ask it in your name. Amen.